Bizzle. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, welcome back to a special edition of the Awkward Controllers. Um, uh, I guess it's only special because it involves Google, a lot of money, and potentially a lot of games. Uh, it's still video games. Um, uh, and Ethan's got all the information, the big announcement today. When you listen to this, guys, it will have been yesterday, I suppose, um, depending on how quickly I can get this out. Um, so Ethan, I look forward to hearing about it because I knew we would talk. And so I actually don't know more than what Trier posted. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. So welcome back. First and foremost, my good man. I'm glad to be back for you are always welcome in the Bizzleteen empire. (laughs) Empire of 12 listeners. I love it. I'm kicking ass in culture in Civ six, man. It's only like a century until it's all over. Nice, nice. I had my first major loss. I'm at, um... And I, I got domination, that. too, just in case. <laughs> I finally, I finally decided to kick it up a notch and kick myself in the ass. Kick it so up play, a notch! Yeah. I'm playing on the second highest difficulty right now. Oh, I'm, I'm playing on, like, the I'm third lowest. I'm the game from there. Yeah, I'm playing on the I'm actually do. I'm actually doing fairly well endgame. Mm-hmm. The AI is so good at developing uh, science mm-hmm. that I have to beat the AI in science or in any mm-hmm. other way before that point in time. Yeah. And it's so hard to beat the yeah. AI late game with military. It's so hard. You, if you're doing domination, you got to do it. So you basically got to secure it early on. You have to have half the world by yep. uh, and if you're going to do domination. Otherwise, you're just, just, you're just too late. Mm-hmm. It's too late. So a couple things about Civ Six. So unsurprisingly, around 16, 1700, the max started slowing a little bit on the turns. Um, it's a big map. There's a lot of players. But then I just created a new login. Uh <laughs> With no baggage attached other than Steam, and it ran pretty good again. Um, obviously, if you, you know, I learned pretty quickly, if you if you end turns in strategic mode, it goes way faster. And I turned yeah. off, like, unit movement and shit like that, you know. I can't be bothered at yeah. this point. Um, uh, but I do enjoy it. I, the aesthetic has really grown on me, and it just makes me want Alpha Centauri, the Redux, to go into the future okay. with this same system. Um, okay. Because his greatest Stellaris is... You never really feel like you're on the planets because you're managing pops. You can zoom in, you can invade planets, you can see your pops, you can build your buildings. But even with the new system, it's not like Civ where your boots are literally on the ground. And that was what was so cool about Alpha Centauri was like, this literally takes place when Civ ends and now you're in the foreign system doing, you know, Civ stuff. Um, so I, I would, I would love to see that, but I, I do love, uh, Civ 6, but we will have to table that for another time, my friend. Um, uh, but, before we jump into Google, um, I love talking pop culture with you when we get a chance. Um, you have seen uh, Captain Marvel a bunch of times, or twice. Twice now, yeah. Um, most of America has seen it or has seen it a bunch of times, clearly by the money. I mean, it's it probably won't beat Wonder Woman domestically, but it's definitely going to crush, if it's not already, crush Wonder Woman worldwide. It's crushing a lot of Cap movies and Iron Man movies and Thor movies as well. Um, worldwide and that's great um, you guys can check out my review I actually just wanted to talk about Ethan talk to Ethan about this for a few minutes I did a full like 45 minute long uh, review where I do uh, like a whole kind of a recap of the Bizzlecast and the MCU's place in the Bizzlecast to this point building to Captain Marvel 
who I already knew just from being a nerd three years ago, like in studying, like, okay, she's definitely going to come in and save the Avengers. Um, and, um, uh, spoiler alert, I've been skeptical of Brie Larson, loved her in the movie, didn't love the movie, but you guys should check out my review or my seven minute shorter review. Um, uh, but in general, I love the character. I love the actress and I love the future of this character. I love the postscript with her and Thor at the end of the Avengers trailer where he's sizing her up and they give each other looks is great they're gonna be buddies at least uh and in the post credit uh ethan which we talked about beforehand on our uh um or i was talking to my friend beforehand and i made all these predictions about avengers before seeing captain marvel in the post credits and i'm like oh my god i was such an idiot like half of them immediately disqualified even though it was, it was pretty short and to the point um so uh I, i'm thrilled with the character going forward i've always been thrilled with adding this character as like you know the, the female superman basically of the uh, of the mcu uh you saw it twice you said you saw it with your mom the second time and she loved it and so as someone who represents the vast majority of people who like or love this movie um tell me what's in particular in particular you liked about it and it doesn't have to be like the these huge things or, or tiny details. It can just be like right. a few things you you really liked about the movie. So, um, so for starters, for starters, the last Marvel movie I saw, and I'm going to compare it mostly to Marvel movies because I don't I don't watch movies a ton. I'm much more of an anime guy, so I watch a ton more anime than I do regular TV. Now, really quick, I, 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 I do have to establish. Um, when you say Marvel, are you talking about Marvel Cinematic Universe plus X-Men plus Spider-Man, Venom, etc., or just the Marvel, Disney Marvel Cinematic Universe? More leaning on uh, – let me clarify – more leaning on the MCU, but in general, I will tend to relate it to um, Dark Knight and mm-hmm. other, other superhero movies mm-hmm. or other action movies in general. Transformers mm-hmm. would be a good one. And so I, I I like to compare it to other movies in that genre. Right. Um, that, that's what I'm trying to mean. Uh, so, are you aware of the three phases of the MCU to this point? Phase one was everything up to Avengers one. Phase two was technically Ant Man, but it was basically Ultron. Uh, uh, Ultron to or everything up to Ultron, and then phase three is up to Endgame correct starting with cap civil war to end game yeah there's okay. twice as many uh, phase three has as many as one and two combined maybe more um okay. and uh my, my one point to get the conversation going a little bit um and we'll talk about it for a few minutes then we'll jump into google but i do really want to pick your brain about this one in particular because i'm i've been in support you don't really follow my social media but i've been hyping this movie for literally years and, and i'm thrilled people like it and it's doing great you know, I can be objective enough about that. I'm not going to love every writing of every movie, uh, but I love the lead character and I love the success. And so I can't argue with Disney hitting another home run. Um, but uh, I will say, dude, um, you know, one of the reasons Joss Whedon left after Avengers Age of Ultron was he felt like they were moving in such a cosmic direction and they were sort of forcing him to set up a lot of the cosmic stuff in his movies, which he didn't really want to do. He didn't really care about Thanos. Like, he loves Thor, but he didn't really care about Thanos and the Infinity Stones. Um, he was happy to tickle it, but it got to be too much. Um, and that's right. why James Gunn as, <laughs> ultimately took over as the sort of Joss Whedon voice with the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think 
not only because it's cosmic, but its sense of humor and color, I would say, has informed all of Phase 3, from Ragnarok to Guardians 2 to Doctor Strange, um, and now Captain Marvel all share, I think, an aesthetic with Guardians 1. Um, the problem for me is I still think Guardians 1 is better than all of those subsequent movies. Um, uh, and my main problem with Captain Marvel is less to do with Captain Marvel than I'm just tired of the cosmic stuff and want Team Cap and Black Panther and that. I'm just an Earth-based guy. I read X-Men growing up. That you know they go to space sometimes, but you know I'm just an Earth-based guy. So it's been less that I haven't liked the movies and more that it's just not my thing. So I'm I'm getting that this is sort of your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so so quick disclaimer on my end. Mm-hmm. Part of why I like this movie so much better, or so much more, and I'm gonna play I'm play this in when I over for my overall review, which I'm gonna yeah. probably lead towards more when like a couple months after this, and probably after Endgame in general. Uh, the last Marvel movie I saw was Ant Man two. We both have said our pieces on that movie. It was not good. Eminently not- forgettable. It was very forgettable. I thought the very... first one was forgettable, but I remember more about the first one, which I never resaw. Than the but at least, one. at least with the first one, it was witty and different enough from the other stuff in the MCU that it was enjoyable, right? With this, it's just more of that, and like it, it's it's it very much fails to do what Deadpool two did to Deadpool one, which was just more good on top of what was already good, but not necessarily original. Um, what you're saying failed to do what Deadpool 2 yeah I agree yeah. Deadpool 2 built yeah. brilliantly yeah right right yeah uh, but, and, and, and quick side so, note the Fox deal just went through officially um, okay and the fact that Deadpool's so popular and creatively the second one was so great I mean Disney can't can't bury that I mean in the X I've heard the X-Force thing has a better chance of happening than more X-Men movies is what I'm hearing please please bring it on Yeah, let's do rated R X-Force, which is the rated R X-Men. And that's what we all want. They have Psylocke. We have X-23. We've got Domino. We've got Cable. we got Hope, Time Travel, and they got the whole thing, man. And Deadpool's the leader. It's fantastic. Get a recast Logan, a young short guy. I mean, it'll be be awesome. Um, And so, sorry. See, I'm already wandering off onto my stuff, X-Men, the Earth-based stuff. Um, uh. Uh, Captain Marvel in the comics is similar to in the movies, man. I've read a bunch of the Kelly Sue DeConnick ones, 2011, 2012, 2013, of the sort of rebooted version of Carol Danvers. But it's just she's funnier and wackier and crazier and more neurotic. And the cat flirt flirtle thing is like a thing in the comics. But it, it, it makes more sense because the whole scenario is just more – it's sort of for young adults a little bit, you know? So it's like very frenetic and super colorful. She hangs out with Dazzler who's like an X-Men rock star. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's girly, but it's extremely well written and super funny. It reminds me of Batgirl, actually. Like, technically, Batgirl's written at times for, you know, teenage girls, but the writing of Batgirl's amazing. Barbara Gordon and Batgirl. Um, and I love Captain Marvel in the comics. I felt like Brie Larson was being asked to be kind of stoic throughout the movie. I'm not really sure why, because it doesn't really fit with the character, but, um, but uh, yeah, sorry, that was me. You keep going. So we're we're in phase. Right. So now that so now let's that focus in his mini review of the movie. Well, Can they I, gotta no, have I'm context. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. dude, the reality is more people listen to a podcast I do with you than one I do solo. So I'm just playing the numbers here. 
<laughs> get my point out there. But the question I want to ask you oh. is, let's start a little small and work outward. Where do you see this fit in, um, both in terms of how you like it and just in terms of how it fits in as a story in phase three, which started with Civil War, but then has gotten super cosmic with Strange, GOTG2, Ragnarok, etc. Great. It, 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 it fits it's in anywhere. perfectly. It could not be a better yeah. puzzle piece to fit in and stand alone as its own origin movie if it tried. I it agree. literally, when I, when I, the other podcast, when I compared it a lot, or I, I don't know if I said this in the podcast or if I said it to you, but I, I compare it to Iron Man 1 in a lot of senses because not only is it, it, does it fit as an origin story, but for the MCU, Iron Man 1 was not only its kickstarting movie, but also in a sense it still is its starting point for the MCU mm-hmm. that they base a lot of things off of, a lot of events also, off of. You, yeah. literally, you literally have Vision say – in the movie ever uh, in, in civil war ever since iron man came out as iron man all of these other events have happened so even marvel considers that to be their well vision point. postulates philosophically that iron man set off the chain of the events that led to the avengers that led to higher form of war with loki and thanos and it's right. the, it's right. the oh, like, this is the batman argument this is batman is specifically about this especially with the joker is you know the stronger batman gets the smarter and more powerful the criminals get right and so it's you know um marvel's made it much more complicated with way more characters over way more movies but this is essentially what the dark knight is about and the central philosophical argument of sort of the next deeper level of superheroes right sure but i wasn't really i was that wasn't really what i was trying to say uh what i was trying to say was just that like yeah i was just trying to compare it to iron man in the sense that it that it did feel like iron man yep Mm -hmm. right right it it, it feels like an origin movie that also has and she's the next tony stark it it has its place in I, listen, if she's if she's going to become the next front face for the Marvel, just she like is. Um, is. Robbie Downey Jr. is, great. I would have thought Tom Holland would have taken that slot, but fine. Um, well, with a slightly darker and better written second movie with Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, that yeah. could make the jump past the billion mark. And, it is I, Spider-Man. That, and the, here's the problem, Ethan. Here's the problem. Even though we all love Spidey. If you poll adults about the MCU, Captain America generally comes out on top over Spidey. But if you ask kids under 12, it's all Spider-Man. The problem is these movies are PG-13 other than Spider-Verse, and so they can't see them, which sucks. Yeah. Um, That's the only reason Spidey's not a $2 billion franchise is what I'm saying. I was just following your train of thought. Spidey should be a $2 billion franchise. I'd rather rather it be that way. I'm sorry. Like, the MCU... Was w- looked at one of the MC- things the MCU did, and they did it well because they looked at Star Wars, and what they saw from Star Wars was Star mm-hmm. Wars still treats its audience mm-hmm. like they are twelve years old, and they have to keep the twelve year old in mind. Mm-hmm. With the MCU, they say, "No, nah, fuck that. We're just going to do it our way, and twelve year olds are going to like it anyway, or they're just going to watch it when they're older." Like mm-hmm. anyway, I felt like Captain Marvel. No, no, this is not. A, this is, I have a great connecting back into it, which is Captain Marvel. Obviously, like all of them, are rated PG thirteen. But as I said in my review, this was definitely on the PG side of PG thirteen. This felt like a Disney family movie, which I'm totally fine with. Um, 
and but it's also an origin story which since i started my podcast i bitch about too many origin stories we even though this was a non-traditional origin story with all the time memory jumps which i appreciated uh it was not straight ahead like dr strange which was like get me through the first 30 minutes of this goddamn movie i know exactly where it's going um th- that's how i am with origin stories you know i mean wonder woman's a special exception black panther is a non-traditional origin story so the fact that it's already on the Disney PG side and is sort of an origin story is, isn't my favorite. But again, the social impact of the character and, and the story like cannot and, be overestimated. And so with the origin story thing, that leads me into my second major point why I like this movie. I, I, could, I am ready to sit down for another two and a half hours right now and watch Captain Marvel 2. I am, I am, I'm like, bring it on. Give me more. I'm ready for this. Give me so more. So was it? So not, tell me, not, tell me about movie, it. I'm not movie fatigued. What about the character? Said, what, what about the character speaks to you? Not the character specifically. I just liked the movie that much in general. All mm-hmm. of, everything about the movie. I liked, I felt that. And, uh, and after talking with my mom, they, like, did what she said was fairly accurate, which is throughout the whole movie – there's actually not actually really anything happening other than that's true. Brie Larson figuring out what's going on, mm-hmm. and then the last twenty minutes of the movie is total action. Mm-hmm. And even though this movie, actually for a Marvel movie, is actually like really jam packed with action throughout the entire film, much of it is meaningless to the viewer. Yep. Even though it's it's highly important throughout the entire film. At the end there, when she just goes off, it's just mm-hmm. – it, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. And when she's – when she basically declares one woman war on the entire uh, – uh, what's the AI called again? I forget. Um, when she basically declares the one woman war against the Kree AI leader, it, it's just like – Ultimate yeah, intelligence. And the, 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 yeah. the intelligence, yeah. And so – like, like I'm, I'm totally, and when Ronan with, with all the tie, and that, that was the great thing, that why I cool. love this movie, which was all of the tie-ins. I told you in the podcast the other day that mm-hmm. there were the tie-ins were really good and mm-hmm. witty and good, and they weren't overbearing in the sense that like other other uh, pieces of I would agree with pop that. media try to tie in just pointlessly to tie in and try to cash in on old jokes. This yep. movie ha- doesn't have any of those. Every single callback in this movie it re- actually rewards the viewer for knowing things. Mm-hmm. For example, and this is the one I didn't want to bring up, or I, I, so- I sort of did, which was last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. delivers <laughs> when he's trusting the cat Goose, and we find out that Goose later on in the movie is a flurkin, which is a, a being that looks like a cat, but is actually this weird tentacle demon monster that eventually eats the Tesseract. And Nick Fury's playing with the cat, with the, with the flurkin, and he's like, oh, yes, you're a cute kitty, and he does this all throughout the movie. But at this point, the cats get fed up with him, and he scratches his eye. Oh, you guys are cat how, people, too. I didn't even think that, of that. that you must have loved how, that. Yeah. Th- yeah, we loved it. That, yeah. That's how that's how Nick Fury gets the wound. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, we're, we're, we're like, oh, so that's what it means. And then if for Marvel uh, fans who will remember, back in Winter Soldier – Cap is grilling Nick Fury on why he didn't tell him what was going on in the opening mission right. where Cap helps Black Widow. Black Widow they, they, anyway, um, and basically Nick says, last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Yeah. A callback to what would lead into this movie. Yeah. And so it, it's it's witty and cute. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, <laughs> They're like, lucky, it's though. Dumb. 
it doesn't feel like it's dumb. right. They are lucky. Like, They're like, lucky so that he didn't say last time I trusted a guy, I lost an eye. Because if he said last time I trusted a guy, then they couldn't have pulled it off. So God bless them. They got lucky on that right. one. And and listen, you you could you could chalk that up to just pure brilliance or sheer fucking luck. But either way, it, it was pulled off spectacularly. They tend to I make their own luck. Yeah, I love it. It, it was mm. awesome, and just just mm. all the other great fucking yeah, just the great callbacks. And listen, I'm I'm a twenty year old young person, mm. right? <clears throat> so understanding blockbuster video references. While I understand the good cherishment of the joke, you couldn't say I could necessarily understand the joke. And the movie is also full of those things from the early, early. I 90s. laugh my ass off of the blockbuster thing. Right, um, like the game, the, like she dismantled like the Game Boy so she could fix her communicator. Like just, just, just. I felt like this plot was so well written, mm-hmm. and the movie was so well written. And the, the the star actors, specifically Brie Larson and Nick Fury, did such a good job. And the friend, mm-hmm. the friend did a really good job with her role, too. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things in the movie were really dumb, admittedly. The whole Talos thing, is a pre, he's a pretty bad anti-hero. He's a pretty bad anti-hero. Sorry, he just is. He just is. It was this, and now it's that. I'm, I'm not clear uh, still who was on whose side, to be honest with you. <laughs> It's it's weird. It's weird. It's like he's going after his own goals, but his own goals are also his people's goals. But it's not his people's goal, and he doesn't care about his own people. But he does care about his own. Goals. <clears throat> he was not written very well. At least his role was not written very well. I I, yeah. I don't know how. I, I think well, the they actor, tried. I think the actor did fine. But no, he did fine. They they tried to actually you know raise the material to what they see the intelligence of their audience and have a complicated plot with some villains. Who are not villains and vice versa, which I respect in principle. However, you watch Guardians One with Ronan the Accuser, and sometimes you need a really memorable one-dimensional evil bad guy, Red Skull, Ronan, you know, Thanos, to rally the good guys and I together. Think, I, I think when they were writing this script, they were like, "Oh, let's have Ronan." It should have been Ronan. It should have been Ronan. Yep. I think, or, or or they wrote the script and they were like, "Well, we're going to have the 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 Cree mentor who we thought was going to be the who we knew we were going to be the bad guy, but we need another bad guy because we don't think he's strong enough. Oh, let's bring in Ronan just to tie it in and set up a second movie." I didn't interview done Ronan because we know who he is. Lee Pace is amazing as him, and it would have been a cool thing. And and it's just it's just. They they did not write Talos well. They just it, it, they they just didn't decide on what his motivation was going to be. Mm-hmm. People don't like, like I'm I'm someone who really enjoys watching any sort of medium once over after watching it initially because I liked it and noticing the small details that a director will put into a script. To mm-hmm. nod to events that happen later on, especially with villain characters or or, or um, antagonist characters mm-hmm. uh, that set up or dra- dramatic events that happen on with your characters, because that rewards the viewer mm-hmm. for not only watching the movie twice but also for paying attention. That's good. That that that's just good motif work, right? Oh yeah, this movie Here's- was. Not cynical, and it was very much not talking down to the audience. <laughs> Those are two it, things I would not it, accuse this it, movie of. Since I've seen it twice, Talos does not have any of those moments. Right, right, right. 
any. But, but, but I'm, yeah, but this is sort of a backhanded compliment, but what I see as some failures in the writing um, is not because they wrote down to like what they saw as the low intelligence for the audience. Like if anything, they reached too much and it got too much going on in the relatively short movie for an origin story this complicated. I think there's just so many moving parts. And as you pointed out, um, uh, you know, it's really about her piecing together her past. And as I point out extensively in my podcast, Brie Larson is the best part of the movie by far. And she's the lead character. And so we never, she's doing stuff like that. that you described is my favorite part of the movie. And then a lot of the side characters, I just wasn't sure what to make of them. I think is what threw me off. Let me, let, let, let me, let me tell you that moment that she's just staring at fucking Ronan. And she just, she just locks her fist in. Yeah. It just creates that super, like, I don't know yeah. what to call that. Just just the, the sonic. Or the, I know the, I'm in the, the minority with this. I prefer the Wonder Woman uh, reveal at the end, personally. But it's it's very different, obviously. Both are great movies. Both are great movies. Why, why, why can't we just say both are great movies? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not a possibility. I'm just saying I, I really connected with Wonder Woman as, as DC. Let's be honest. The only thing DC has beaten Marvel to is a great uh, frontline female character that was a critical and commercial success. Now Marvel's done it with Captain Marvel a year later or two years later, whatever it is. And that's awesome. And then Wonder Woman will be next. And you know what? And Gal Gadot and Brie Larson are in touch and are like buddies. And like they encourage each other, you know, like it's great. Like the more the merrier. I, I totally agree with you. Um, I just found the Wonder Woman origin story from getting to end very affecting. And, and um, this d- did feel like a setup movie to me, um, which is fine because it's setting up the thing I love the most, which is Avengers. Um, right. And... I got into the MCU because of the Avengers and then the Winter Soldier. I did love Guardians of the Galaxy, but the difference is the Cat movies and the Avengers movies have just gotten me more into Cat movies and Avengers movies and those characters, whereas Guardians was awesome and I still love watching it, but it didn't lead to me being like, I want so much cosmic stuff. Give me, give me, give me cosmic, 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 cosmic. Um and, uh, you know, it's also interesting they keep doing time periods, right? So Guardians 1 was like 70s music. Guardians 2 was 80s music. And then you had Ragnarok, which was 80s, right? To basically, Jeff Goldblum's weird synth world was, 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 was 80s-y. Um, it looked like the Transformers logo everywhere, you know what I mean? In that, uh, in that um, I would argue, contrary to what some people are saying about Captain Marvel as a criticism, I, I would argue they didn't stress the 90s enough. Uh, I, I forgot at times it was the 90s. I would have been fine with a few more like side references, say, but it's I fine. I will say the best reference they pulled off no was when they, put the, when they put the disc in to the computer. <laughs> and, yeah, when, and when yeah. everybody who was older than – everybody who was older than 18 – just fucking just lost their shit because they were all laughing about how funny that that moment was because every else every every kid who's under 18 probably does not understand that reference in the slightest to how fucking slow computers were so that that was 93 i think 94 nirvana um was 93 or 94 that was right when i was into everything getting into everything um the choice to do the the fight at the end to no doubt I'm just a girl was absolutely brilliant because that song was, was so it was massive. Incredible. That song was so massive 
um, the only like badass female artist uh, at, at the time who could compete with Gwen Stefani was Alanis Morissette. And while they didn't use Alanis Morissette in the movie music, they referenced her lyrics at least once that I noticed. Um, maybe more than once there was an Alanis reference. So, uh, you know, I, I love the material as a, as someone who grew up in the nineties. I, I yeah, wish they, cause there's so much 80s stuff. Bumblebee was 80s. Guardians was 80s. Uh, you know, Ragnarok was 80s. I mean, constantly everything's going back to the 80s, I was, you know. But uh, it was cool that she was wearing a Nine Inch Nails shirt the whole time. It was super sexy. Um, I remember when girls dressed like that, man. It was great. Uh, the, the jean jackets and so forth. Uh, <laughs> it was, a, it was yeah. a funny time. So I'm definitely glad that they worked that in. Um, I was worried they were going to put her on ice. And so her... Help! That's how she, the comics start. The, the new run of this character is her helping refugees all over the galaxy try and find homes. Like that's her that's her self appointed job, which is pretty great. Also, she dates Rhodey uh, extensively in the comic. This comics, so I don't know if that's interesting. interesting on the table. But um, uh, it was this supposedly was this, yeah. Supposedly, they're gonna try to do a tie in in Guardians One. Star Lord says a Kree girl right here ripped out my thorax. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to try to do like some weird tie-in with that, which would be funny. But Alaska variant, you who have lain with Alaska variant, <laughs> that was one time, man. Says to Drax, oh man, Guardians one is brilliant, dude. That yeah. that movie is it's just spot on. I'll um, do you one better. Where is Gamora? Uh, or why is Gamora? <laughs> Sorry. Well, we're still getting Nebula. Um, Great. Really quickly about the Avengers trailer. Um, so, the non-original Avengers, who appear to be with the Avengers, squatted up, as it were, suited up, um, include Gamora, uh, Rocket's there. Now, Gamora's like an AI, basically, and Rocket's a raccoon, so they would technically be immune to the snap, right, which kills humanoid? Well, Gamora, Gamora is still... No, they're both... I said Gamora, Nebula, beings. Nebula, excuse me. Or Nebula is still a living being, though. She was, she was a humanoid transformed into a robot. She still got, she still has. Uh, She's all over the trailer, though. So I don't know. I still think the dual universes no thing is in play. No There's no other way to explain how different. Nat looks so different, and we've had, we've had this argument. We're done. Yeah. We're, we're this argument. I'm not doing this. No. Well, the cool thing again is bringing Captain Marvel into the equation, and. I joked. It'd be, I, I, am, I am very excited to see now. Now that was actually one thing I did notice after watching the second movie a second time was they do actually give like little, like two sentences on how her powers work, right? Or at least they kind it of. It felt very shoved in at the end to be like, okay, so when you see her in Avengers, this explains everything. Go, right? Like, like it, the explanation is she is she has the energy of the Tesseract within her body, and no matter where she is, the Tesseract is always sending energy to her. That's it. That that's what the explanation, right? Well, no, Tesseract. It's it, it's like the super serum for Cap. It's a one time thing that like mutated her. She's not like the Vision that that's, has the Mind that, Stone. That, that's that's not how they explained it. Well, so I know, but but now in 2019, she can't possibly have the Tesseract because it's in the glove she with doesn't. Thanos. The, the, the only the, the the way the movies tells it is that no matter where the Tesseract is, it's always going to be powering her. That, that, see, that doesn't make any sense, right? But that's the explanation they effectively gave in the movie. 
So yeah. okay, I, it's well, not that I don't believe you. I just didn't read it that way. But like I said, there's a lot about the movie I didn't understand on first watching. So I'll have to get another watching again. I think. Marvel needs to be careful. Um, uh, it should be doing some more Deadpool-type projects. It doesn't have to be rated R, but, like, lower budget, higher, you know, artistic. Not that this wasn't artistic, but, you know, not just trying to make a billion dollars with every movie. Like, why not the $100 million budget in Black Widow movie, which we know would make $700 million anyways, because it's fucking Scarlett that, Johansson and Black that's Widow. Why, that's why I'm totally down for one side slash origin movie slash one big Avengers level movie a year. Just those two films. So that they could yeah. focus solely on those two projects. So when and I was, when I, and look, I'm the first one to admit that while I love Avengers in 2012, it wasn't until Winter Soldier in 2014 that I was fully, and with the Guardians then, I was fully on the MCU bandwagon. I'm not going to be like, I mean, I saw original Iron Man in the theater, I saw the movies, but like, I wasn't really into it till Winter Soldier, Hydra, Bucky, you know, all deep. Deep State stuff mixed with Black Panther, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and I used to think that way, too. Be like, man, I would love an Avengers movie every year for the rest of my life. But you know what, man? I realized I love these Avengers. I love the original six and the Scarlet Witch and, and Vision, like the ones introduced in the two Avengers movies and Winter Soldier, including Falcon, bringing Bucky in. Again, my three favorite Marvel movies by far. Um, and so I'm going to have problems, like emotional problems. And... Usually I laugh at people for, like, overreacting to trailers um, online to movies, but this was a trailer I watched a bunch and, like, chokes me up every time because I know a lot of them are going to die, and I've been expecting this for a long time, um, but it doesn't make it less sad that, you know, as great as all these new characters are, it's going to be, you know, bye-bye to Chris Evans. That That's going to... Yeah. Uh, Black Widow and... Um, and Cap, those two, their, their deaths, I, I will be a mess. I will be an app because Winter Soldier, the two of them, is my favorite thing in, in Marvel on screen. And so I'll just be an absolute mess. So this is one of those movies I'm really looking forward to and dreading. Infinity War, I knew it was just going to be dark, yes, but super fun. It wasn't going to be the over. The party wasn't over. You know what I mean? But right. now it's like... Like, that was sat- waking up on Saturday. This is waking up on Sunday. You know what I mean? Uh kind of feeling um so uh cool man um so any last thoughts on your end from captain marvel otherwise we will jump completely uh back into awkward controllers territory with with google but i won't give you last word on this no i mean i'm just i i thought marvel did a put out another great movie mm-hmm. right before the launch of their movie this year good job yeah arguably good job. I didn't think, I mean, with Black Panther at, at uh, 1.3 bill setting up the 2 billion Avengers, I didn't think they could do a better setup, but well, well, Captain Marvel will make a little bit less than Black Panther, still an insane amount of money. It could propel Avengers to make 3 billion and finally dethrone Avatar, which I've been waiting for literally for 10 years because I hate that fucking movie and hate James Cameron. And I would love ah, Infinity ah. War to dethrone it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I do think they'll hit two and a half and beat Titanic. So I guess I'll take that victory. Right. Everyone wants... Dude, if people paid two... If $2 billion was paid to see the second to last Avengers movie, then the last one where they're suited up and go into space and shit, like, people are going to lose their minds. I mean, you can no, mind space... We promise, the end, we promise it's the end this time. We swear. 
We're totally yeah. not exploiting you for your cash. Don't worry. We promise I, it's the end. I, I will say, dude, um, and, and obviously me loving games like Mass Effect and, you know, you getting me into Destiny recently. Um, I happen to like the minimalist design of the suits. I know it's sort of split about this, but just the fact that they have suits and they're squatted up is just, I'm just so geeked about I'm personally not a fan of the colors. I don't think it's, well, I, 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 don't, I think they're hiding at all. You see a little bit of lights on Don Cheadle's giant one, but I think they're going to light up and it's going to be like the Martian, which had a really sleek, almost Halo-esque um, a helmet. I think the helmets are going to be sweet and they're going to light up the face like in Battlestar Galactica. I, I, they're not going to show us everything. They just wanted to show us our favorite characters in suits. Uh, walk, you know, walking inevitably towards Captain Marvel's amazing. By the way, they nailed the exact size and design of her uh, uh, trucker, uh, her space trucker uh, ship, which I fucking love. Because uh. it feels like it feels like the Marvel version of the Millennium Falcon. You know, it's fantastic. Sure. Um, so good stuff, man. Good stuff. Brie Larson, good job. It was very hard on you, but you came through big time, and I'm rooting for you in Avengers and going forward. So God bless, and let's keep the good times rolling. So, okay. All right, buddy. Enough comic book stuff. Let's get down to the real business here. Google. Video games, streaming, completely unclear uh, from a physical standpoint other than a controller. I followed Trier on this today. I know almost nothing, so I'm literally going to throw it to you about the big Google announcement, which there had been some buildup about, and obviously you'll talk about what was promised, what wasn't promised, what was predicted, blah, blah, blah. Um, But generally, what was the announcement about today Um, and your general takeaway from it, and then we'll unpack it a little bit. Sure. So I'm just going to, I'm going to keep to the little, I'm going to keep to the major points. Uh, I'm not going to sell this for Google. Um, You guys can go watch. I I do recommend you go watch some of their videos and whatnot to get like a, from their perspective, what's going on. But I'm just, I'm here. I'm just going to run the bullet point uh, list here. Basically Mm -hmm. what the real, like the hardcore facts of what this is and what this is going to be like. So, uh, Google was at GDC. GDC is happening this week. It's Game Developers Conference. Uh, important time. It's more. It's kind of like the E3 for game developers, more or less. Although some game companies do take this opportunity to throw their marketing out there and uh, show us some cool new games coming out and some big game announcements. Um, like Borderlands, we're going to be getting. We're going to get a Borderlands announcement during GDC, so we'll look forward to that. But uh, so Google came, Google was there. Google's Google is not a game design company, except if you've ever played that dumbass Dino game where you try to use Google Chrome when there's no internet. Anyway, um, way over my head, so, but I'm sure our listeners way get overhead. it. Yep. Open, just just quickly disconnect your PC from the internet, open Chrome, and then use the arrow keys, and you'll see. I'm what sure happens. everyone else got it. I just an old man. Um, anyway, it's not an old man reference, but. Um, <laughs> no, I know it's not an old man. Anyway, if anyway, it was, I would have gotten uh, it. <laughs> all right. So, um, Google unveiled. Uh, a lot of people were like, "Oh, a couple of, like uh, what was it like last week? Like all these leaked images showed up for a Google controller, and everyone was like, oh my god, Google's getting on the gaming scene.' Well, they are getting on the gaming scene, and here's what's going on. So last year, Google unveiled their Google Project Stream, and we've talked about streaming services on this podcast before, where the TLDR is a service will 
have a very powerful gaming device, whether most likely just a PC, and you will connect to that device and you will play the game on their device and they're going to send you the video signal back like a stream or a YouTube video or a Netflix or whatever, right? And you'll be playing the game in real time, but the but the actual game is not anywhere on your computer. It's actually on the device that you're streaming it from. So you will be able to play high-powered, top-tier-looking AAA games or any game, really, and stream it to your device, whatever it may be. So Google Stacia is what they're calling it. And it's Google Project Stream. Google Project Stream was a test of this. This is what it's become. Google Stacia is their stream... Uh, their streaming network, streaming platform for gaming, and it's their launching platform for all gaming. And so Google Gaming is now called Stacia, in effect, or Stadia. Sorry, Stadia. I keep calling it Stacia because yeah, I think Stadia. that's a better name, but it's called Stadia. They're both terrible, Stacia. but I'm going to save that. Go ahead. I'd rather call it Stacia to name all, it all the names Google. are bad. So and that was a bad start so for it's them. Sta- they're they're naming it off of a stadium because Greek and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so it's called Google Stadia. And it is essentially a streaming platform that allows you to stream games from Stadia Networks to any device that has Google Chrome on it. Now that's a huge that that that's a huge development. That's huge because most devices today have access to Google Chrome, um, including my phone. So although I don't use the it, phone, computers, laptops, notebooks. Uh, Smart fridges, literally, most things have access to <laughs> This sounds like snake oil. All your devices, it's going to work on everything perfectly right away. Right. Um, so here's what they're promising. Here, here's what they showed off. Wait, just quick context. Bef- sure. Before you do it, um, just an hour ago, Maddie Myers, who's a co-host with Schreier on the, the Split Screen podcast, she's great and very funny and smart openly saying they're already like avoiding their questions i mean it is kotaku but i i trust her and try and a couple other people so i i i just want i just before i let you talk i just want the listeners to know i'm already biased that this is nonsense and i talked to two friends today in silicon valley who shall remain nameless um who said this is bullshit um so with that in mind i'm putting myself on mute go ahead so here's here's the scenario i'm gonna give you guys the facts about what they promised or what they said will be involved with Stadia. What I am then going to do is then tell you what a realistic expectation of it is and also just 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 generally what the situation is. So here's here's what they're saying Stadia will do. Stadia will play you AAA titles from anywhere at any time simply by pressing a button and you don't have to download anything, you don't have to Triple update anything. A. Sorry. It, wow, you were really muted, huh? No, I'm just playing. Um, so, TLD. Here, here's the whole point. You can play any game from anywhere as long as it's on the Stadia system without downloading anything, updating anything, whatever, with almost instantaneously and with zero latency. I can play Uncharted on it. As long as it's on their system, I don't know if it'll. I don't know if Uncharted will remain permanently attached to the Sony brand. Digital system, rights management. So, digital rights management gonna be a big issue for that. Anyways, go ahead. It's not because Sony will be all over it. them. They're not gonna like yeah, exactly. Google benefit it, from it. Yeah. Um, By the way, I can play it on my iPhone. Woohoo! From my PS4. Yeah. 
Um, you can. It, it has a controller that you can pair with the system that will connect over Wi-Fi rather than to your computer to help to quote unquote help. Or basically, uh, basically, I, this is not a quote. Actually, this is the idea is that this will help you save latency bandwidth. So the controller connects right to the game at the system rather than to your computer, and then right to the game at the at, the, at Stadia servers. It will support up to 4K 60 frames with HDR surround at launch. They plan to implement 8K at 120 frames plus per second in the future. Stadia is going to rely on AMD chip systems. It's a bummer, but that makes sense because they're cheaper. Mm -hmm. Um Speaking of a uh, quick reference to what we were talking about before, Guardians of the Galaxy, do you remember the scene where Yandu goes to shake down the broker after Quill runs away with that thing? And the broker starts talking in big words, and, and Yandu just goes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then the guy starts talking, and just, Rooker just is doing it for like a minute. He's like, that's how I feel about what you're saying right now. That's how I feel with all the words you're saying. I consider myself a very smart person when it comes to technology. These are all new terms. I have no idea what any of it means. And the names are terrible, so it's I'm already having trouble. You don't know you don't know what 4K 60 frames means? No, I I know that. Don't pick the thing I know. That's the that's the only thing I've really said so far. Okay. So I that's the marketing pitch, which was great. Um, I'm, not, I'm not done yet. I'm not done. No, I know. I want to hear the Ethan. I want to hear the, the, the Ethan commentary on this because I, I feel like you're holding back. I just feel like you're holding back. I'm trying to finish it. You're bringing up Guardians of the Galaxy references. Well, that's fair game. Go oh, ahead. please. Who would have to be? Let, let, let's, let's make it all clear just before I continue that this man is a pathological liar. No, I'm playing. Um, that I am not. He'll state for that, for that saying he will be muted the entire time. Almost all my problems in life come from being way too honest and blunt. So that was one thing I, I can deny about myself. But enough about the Bizzle, man, even though it's called the Bizzlecast. Tell me a slightly more English language uh, other than 4K. Obviously, I understand that. But break down a realistic scenario of what this would look like for the average consumer. And I'm assuming that like not every Nintendo and Sony game is going to be available. So whose games are going to be available and so forth? I will get there. Let me finish what they're promising this is. So like I I can explain how much of like like how over the head, over the head they are. You're doing great. Keep going. There is so much more over the head. They are that I need to tell you guys like, um, Okay. Um, yeah, this is me just trying to slow it, you down it, slightly so I can understand it. That's all this is. Okay, okay. Um, they promised something about Doom Eternal. We can leave that for later. Um, developers will have like great open access, and they're going to work with developers on helping right. them work through this crap. Um, great if that's actually what that means. Um, uh, you okay? This is actually interesting. You will be able to play um, shared screen. So imagine if you're playing a multiplayer game and uh, you don't you want that feeling of couch co-op, you can actually have someone else's stream come to your screen and you can put it like in the corner so you can see your fellow players' viewpoint and see whatever they're doing. So if you're both playing COD together, hmm. you can both see exactly what 
each other is seeing. Neat. Great. Um, and you could do it with up to like eight players or something. Um, through, through, through their machine learning process, you're going to be able to apply filters to the video game in real time and, and figure out and help you progress through games. Uh, I'll explain that one in a minute. Um, you'll be able to do game capture with the whole process. So if you wanted to stream the game or record videos of the game, you can do that with a press of a button. And it's record. It's not only sending it to you, but it's also recording so you can send it out to YouTube. Um, yeah, Google, some crap about Google Assistant, some crap about parental controls. Um, right, so average consumer. They said, they, 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 they said there's no exclusion uh, for terms of titles with what they'll have available to them. So that means everything on Steam, basically. And uh, they plan to debut it later this year in the United States, Canada, Europe, and mm-hmm. the UK. Mm-hmm. Since the UK is not part of you. Um, so, to recap all of that and explain what this is, this is a stream service. Like I would, I would say, re- I would say, attempt to recap and elaborate if possible. Okay, this is a stream service like none we have seen before. So the most the, the best the next best thing that you could find is something like GeForce Now, right. which is an Nvidia stream service where, like all the other ones, you pay for their service. You're then allowed to stream any game that you own personally through their system, through their super high-powered computer, straight to your computer so it mm-hmm. looks pretty and beautiful even if your computer does not have the hardware capabilities of running the game. So this system looks great. In theory, in a very big theory, this system looks great. Wait, I know there's a but coming, but I have a question before the but. Sure. Um, which is, take me to the end user first. Here's here's what here's what this will look like, in theory, mm-hmm. for me, you, anybody else. No, that's what a, that, mean- cool. Look, we break it down to that. There's you, who's a hardcore gamer. Me, who's like a medium gamer, and then the casual gamer. So those three different types of people. Does this appeal to all of us? Go ahead. I'll start with this and I'll break it down. Okay. What this means is, yes, no matter where you are in the world, supposedly, if you have a strong enough connection, you can play games seamlessly, no matter Mm -hmm. what game it is, Mm -hmm. even if your device does not have the hardware capabilities of doing it. Mm -hmm. So for someone like me, who spends 90 billion hours of their life playing Destiny instead of going outside and getting a girlfriend, God. I could continue to play I'm gonna Destiny. going to have to cut that. It's going to be really awkward. Time. No, it's not. <laughs> um, no, it's not. Don't you dare cut it. I will I'm not. I'm not. Don't, don't you worry. Good. Good. Okay. I don't cut um, anything. I told you that a long time ago. That's part okay. of the deal. Okay. Um, it means that I can keep playing Destiny whether I'm on the train, whether mm-hmm. I'm at a Starbucks between classes, whatever. For you, it means even though the computer that I've given you doesn't have the strongest graphics card ever created, you could still, in theory, use their service and have a beautiful play beautiful games today. Like I don't know, say, freaking, uh, you could play, you could play Witcher Three in max graphics, even though it doesn't, it, the hardware capabilities are not there. 
for someone who doesn't have any like any device at all who's who only has enough money to afford their one work device so they can play for work this is their chance to be able to play great and play and engage in great experiences okay uh, even though they would not have the money to get engaged in okay ethan so um I'm going to continue my line of questioning mostly from the end user side, um, just because I'm trying to understand this. So, you say any device. Well, the problem is my iPhone is more powerful than a lot of people's computers. Um, and iPads are actually, well, the iPad Pro is super powerful, but up until recently, the iPads have been pretty underpowered compared to like advanced iPhones or advanced Samsungs. Um, and that's just mobile devices, right? You've got people who have laptops who are eight years old, 10 years old. I have a MacBook Pro. It's a great computer that's only two years old. It's limited in what it can run. I can run Chrome. So obvi- this might be an obvious point, but obviously the normal hardware restrictions still apply when it comes to the games themselves, right? Let's just clear that up. Sure, but... You're still limited by your system, all- right? No. The You're only not. thing that is limiting you on this system, and they, they they very much tried to try to keep this buried for as long as they could, was the, the latency from your device to Google servers is the only limiting factor, with the exception of however the fuck they're going to monetize this. I don't know how, because they didn't say anything about it, is the only limiting factor. For where, how, where, and how you're playing these games, that is the only limiting factor. All of the hardware is handled on their end. Your, the hardware is not your concern. It is the ability to connect to their server is your personal concern. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when they say any device that has a Chrome browser, they mean any device that has a Chrome browser. Here's the limitation and the big asterisk within that. And here is the big concern, which many of your Silicon Valley friends would tell you, something that Jason Schreier would tell everybody, something that I'm going to tell everybody. If you're, It's going to come down to that good old Xbox Live, those good old Xbox Live taunts and jokes. If your internet isn't good enough, this service will not work for you. Because what's going to happen is... If, if anyone's ever used a remote desktop application, do you know what I'm talking about when I say remote desktop application? Uh, just elaborate. Okay. So, so if you've ever tried to access anything from another device, so the most common one is a, a, an app that allows you to access the desktop from a, of a computer from another computer. I personally use remote desktop for Chrome which connects my two devices that are logged into my Chrome account. And if I need to, I don't know, say, get a file off my desktop of my home computer and send it to my laptop computer while I'm at school, I have the ability to do that through that desktop app. The problem with that app is that it's extremely fucking laggy and slow. And while it gets the job done, it doesn't do it quickly. And my resp- the responsiveness of my mouse is not what I would expect it to be if I was at home. Mm-hmm. Case in point, if I'm trying to play a single-player game, much less a multiplayer game where it is inter- terribly reliant 
Oh, sorry, not terribly. That's a wrong word. I don't think that's a word at all. Incredibly reliant. It is now. Right. Incredibly reliant on your ability to make quick decisions in the microsecond time frame. How on earth do they expect people to use this service using basic crappy-ass AT&T 4G on their smartphone? Or any other Google Starbucks Wi-Fi, right? Right. So that's where the major limitation of this service comes in. And that's where the – because I've I've said it a couple times before, but I'll keep saying it. Based on the laws of physics, a wired connection sending electricity from one device to another for input, which is how every device for most computers works today – is always going to be faster than a wireless one. It just will. And unfortunately, the way the way mobile services today, the way the way how just basic Wi-Fi works today, for most people, this is not going to be a sufficient service. And for most people who who just don't have the best internet plans, I'm not even sure that my internet plan works. And I have terabyte internet. I have some of the best internet speeds you can get from Verizon or Google or um, or Xfinity or whoever else. I have some of the best Wi-Fi you can get without being in a business line, right? right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure I can run this system. It's hmm. it, it, the, the this this entire operation is dependent on the idea that. I can play a single-player game with no latency. That no latency thing, that's an absolute fucking lie for all about, I don't know, maybe at most 10% of gamers. Mm-hmm. And those 10% of gamers probably make up the group as well that can also turn around and have the hardware to run the games themselves. This is a great system, and it will be a great system one day. Just not when it comes out here this year. Mm-hmm. Because all of the things they're promising, these are all great fucking things. Mm-hmm. And a service one day where it, it logically makes sense, right? In a world where it is too expensive for most people to have superpowered gaming PCs, so they have to buy consoles and downgrade their thing, and they still can't run 1080p 60 frames on their consoles for most games... A world where you don't have to buy the hardware, you just have to pay your monthly subscription for $10 a month or however much it's going to cost, right? And instead, you could just enjoy it that way. More and more people like subscription services. People don't like having to just drop $400 on a console. It's just not what people want to do. Well, hold on. You're you're making a jump from... TV subscription services, which have been established now for well over 10 years and are super profitable to video game subscription services, which is still a relatively new idea that Microsoft has still yet to fully implement. Microsoft has fully implemented it already. Microsoft has got it. Okay, let me rephrase. The percentage of people playing consoles, and then you take the percentage... I'm sorry, the number of people playing consoles and the percentage of them playing them through subscription services right now, as of today, is minute. Mm, we would disagree on that, but that's fine. 
Really? You can show me numbers that more than 5 or 10%? By by definition of a a subscription service would include both Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus. Okay, okay. They both are subscription services. Right. I'm talking about Microsoft's big, you know, rent-a-console idea. The the game, oh, well, no one's done that, and no one's talked about it, and that's a dead service. Let's just (laughs) leave that be. Um, Really? I thought you were a guy running Microsoft. Do you trust in him, and he's a brilliant guy? Who, Phil Spencer? Yes. The rent on Xbox idea. I do not know anybody who has... Do you know anybody who has ever done that, Jesse? Done what? The rent on Xbox. No, no. That's why we weren't talking about the same things before. That's why I wanted to establish. Because that's what that's what I thought you were leading towards. And I was like, uh, no one does no. that. And then I realized no. we weren't talking because about Because this isn't a console. This isn't a console. This is one of the things that people get misunderstood about this. This mm-hmm. isn't a console at all. It has a controller, but mm-hmm. this isn't a console. What mm-hmm. you're buying is a mm-hmm. little tiny thing on, on Google server space that mm-hmm. happens to be a well-powered computer. And you're, stre- you're, bu- you're buying rights to... Mm-hmm. have access to that right that's what you're doing i'm, I'm assuming they're gonna monetize. i have no idea how they're monetizing this right by the way so i don't don't quote me on any subscription models no, of course. or like that i just assume this is how they're gonna do it because this makes the most logical sense and how they're gonna make the most money but what i was talking about was the game pass anyway um so all of these things the entire list i've read out triple a games triple i 8K 120 frames a second, right? High-powered AMD graphics process, uh, graphics processing units. Uh, Doom Eternal being one of the first games that's going to be on it that you can play and just just, just play from anywhere. Right? Mm-hmm. All of these things are great. All of these things are great. The problem is, is that while Google promises that mm-hmm. you are going to have zero latency if you have the right internet set up, Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that the most, the most attractive feature of this, at least to me, mm-hmm. who would use it for their mobile devices, this, this just doesn't supplement that. Because there is no way, probably even within 5G networks, when that fully comes around, that this is going to work for mobile. And so if, it do, if, you're half, your, if half your program doesn't work... Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. the fucking like, like, okay? Can I say a few things? So much value. I'll let you talk for a while. I, that, I have that, to... That's why that, that that's my essential synopsis. Okay, but at least from my perspective. Go ahead. Okay, um, that sounds more interesting and subtle than I was expecting. I'm gonna have to study this, so I'm just gonna keep this pretty basic. Um, so first of all. The problem with mobile devices, again, is the highest-powered iPhones are extremely powerful, but it's still a small screen on a mobile device with no console controls, right? And until someone popularizes console controls for iPhones, it's not you're it's not going to grind. It's called controller. But you're a gamer, man. You have to think of the common consumer investing in that. It's, that's why they play word games. And you just gamer, have, I, l- 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 let me... I, I, I hate doing this because uh, I, I hate when you speak over me. But any gamer, well, technically this time this, you're speaking over me because I, I know. That's talk. What I, said. I know. I, I hate. I hate when you speak over me. So I hate doing this right now. Any gamer who <laughs> who uses this service is yes, not sir. a consumer. I'm sorry. They're just not. They're just not. Also, and that, that's what the controllers for. That's what the controllers for that they have. It's so it connects to any of their mm-hmm. Stadia. Okay. You, you would connect it to your phone or to whatever. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Um, 
So I'm going to throw a, a huge example into the meat grinder of how this might work in a second, which is Destiny. But before I get there, a couple more things. So there's the, there's the controller issue with the phones. You and I know that this is easily solvable, but the m- consumer marketing <laughs> reality is the vast majority of people with powerful iPhones are not playing advanced games and or buying controllers to use with the, to play advanced games. That's just the reality. Um, sure, but this is a point of that. Right. Uh, next is uh, the computers. Um, you know, I mean, uh, again, you know, Windows is fairly stable these days, but the vast uh, difference in, in, in age and power of people's computers is a problem because, dude, the Internet, again, this is an obvious point, but I have to say it because this is Google, the Internet has always been bad at games. It's the, the World Wide Web sucks at processing power generally right that's why facebook still looks like ass and one of the many reasons i mean they you can't well, facebook even, they ass because they don't they got rid of game. java they got rid of flash like no you know it's everything stripped down on the internet now because wait, the internet wait, r- and, runs shit like shit <laughs> right but that but that that's the point is that none of none of that matters on your end all that all of that is taken care of on their end it has nothing to do with your end other than your internet connection. But you still and, need and, to be able to and, power a Chrome browser, which is a, a notoriously resource-sucking browser to begin with, and that you still have to be able to so, run that browser at a high level. So all, so all you're doing is running the Chrome browser, and then you're done. Congratulations. Jesse, it's no, it, you're not using any more processing power than you would be if you were using a Twitch stream. That's it. So if correct, so if all you if your computer is that bad, then all you have to do is close everything else and just run one Twitch tab, which every device today can do. That is that 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 is the potential of this service is that if your computer is from 2014 or better, you will have zero issues with this, and I'm sure older devices have plenty of ease with this service. Mm-hmm. Chrome is a resource hog, but if all you're running is Chrome, then it doesn't matter. Which is why this service works, because if all you're running is Chrome, you which, still so you have, you have you have your live stream up. You I should not have to up, tell you this. You still need a base requirements met of hardware to be able to which run 4K every- 60 frames per second. Yeah, your display. It's physics. Yes, your display, Jesse. That's what your display does. No, I understand that. But you're assuming that not only is it an insanely fast internet connection, but it's a completely stable uh, super fast internet connection, which is also rare. Right. That's the point I'm emphasizing. Right. What? Well, I can't stand. I, you're you're I, being I, very I, mysterious about where you stand on let, this. Let, 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 me clarify, let, let me clarify what you mean. Let me clarify what you mean. Okay. What, I, what they are saying that their mm-hmm. service does is that with, with game streaming, right? The only thing that was required on your end is a device that can run Chrome, which most devices today can. No, we've established this. Okay. Well, I, I'm confused on where I'm confused about where where you're bringing in this hardware argument. That's why I'm confused. You know what throughput is? Throughput is throughput. As in what context? 
Throughput is the the data digital equivalent of trying to shove something down like a toilet drain or something. Like there's actual physical movement of particles and information and that can be limited by hardware no matter how much you try and put everything on the cloud and everything on the internet connection. I'm not buying that it's just about the display. If it's just about the display, then sure, it'll work great. But I'm not buying it with the hardware. The difference between people's computers is so vast. Um, Again, that's why I said that it's all dependent on the internet connection. Okay, so we're dancing in circles here. So let me go back to asking about the sort of the specific how this will work because we'll have more, uh, we'll make more progress than this circular dance. We've been dancing here for a couple minutes, um, which is... Okay, can we go back to the three categories? Hardcore gamer, middle gamer like me-ish, um, uh, and then casual gamer. Uh, equally maybe beneficial for all, some more than others. How do you see the, those three rough categories? I guess there's mainstream. If the service works, yeah. this is a great product mm-hmm. or subscription or whatever for those people who do not have access, uh, specifically for two groups of people. For those who don't have access to high-end hardware mm-hmm. or for those who want a good mobile gaming experience mm-hmm. so that they can play, for example, a grindy game on the go like Destiny. Because let's be honest, every grindy game on the mobile store is a microtransaction-filled hellhole and no one wants to be part of them if they don't have the choice otherwise too. So this makes sense for those people because... If I don't want to be berated with microtransactions, I want to play a real game, I'm going to play my Nintendo Switch. Right. But and this... This, 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 this begs this the next dev- question. Right. Um, Can I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're leading me right into my, oh, right. my so next the, question, which is... I, I, would, I would rather play games on my Switch rather than be... Right, and I, want to play, and I want to play Destiny on my couch. So, being able to play Destiny on the go, I mean... I guess if you're just like grinding farming and you need 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, and it's not a lot of combat, like I could see that, but like that just would ruin it for me. All right, so let's take it. Let's take another game. Let's take you don't you don't want your Witcher progress to be interrupted, so you're taking Witcher on the go while you're on the train, because uh, you're at that part of the story where you really yeah. want to experience what's going. That on. game would not work. It's you, you, it, the screen. You it's there's not enough contrast in, in the colors. Um, so you're playing on your iPad. Like, no, I'm trying to think of a better game. Let's say Horizon, which is more colorful and the contrast is more distinct. Or God of War. Sure. Yeah. Sure. The, 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 the game they constantly showed off and they constantly previewed was Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which does make sense. Um, but I, I mean, the, the, everything about this service is not a bad thing. It's just... What they are promising is that it's going to have zero latency. And the problem with that is that that's just not true, at least not from what they have shown us. They have not shown us that they will be able to keep people, the vast majority of people, with low enough latency that they will not experience a fatigue while playing this game. Because with most remote systems, remote uh, – remote, um, System remote access systems, which is a technical way of calling game streaming services. It's it's just it's just it's just laggy. It's just not it's it's not a conductive experience for gaming at all. Regardless if you're playing a multiplayer game or a single player game, 
it's just not it's not conductive hmm. so it, it i want to like this i really do and it, it but it hasn't shown me mm-hmm. anything outside of what it is that it will be that so mm-hmm. we will see later this year whether google mm-hmm. is going to take the gaming industry mm-hmm. or fall flat right on its uh, mm-hmm. fall flat on its very expensive knees mm-hmm. um, in front of everybody because the general reaction from the internet has been me, but will it actually work? That's, that's kind of my closing on that. Okay. Um, how about a couple true false or quick hit questions? I'll throw at you about it. Sure. Okay. Uh, true or false people who tend to like things like the switch and the DS will be more likely to adopt this early on. Depends on what games they want to play, but yeah. And it depends on what games are available. Right. People who don't just see TV console as one thing and then stupid games on the iPhone and that's it. You know, people who, yes, want to play more powerful portable games on yeah. the go. So, okay. I'm starting with an easy. I'm starting not easy. They're going to get a little bit harder. If you were Nintendo, what is your reaction to this? Let's, let's assume it's 50% not bullshit, at least. Uh, just for the sake of arguments. Again, I want to stress, I know someone at Amazon and another company I'm not going to name um, because it's too specific, but they're both giant tech guys and they both think, they're not saying it could never work. It just, they say it's so far off and Google's making it seem like it's an Apple announcement, like it's going to happen in six months, kind of thing. They they think right. that's that's far off. Whatever right. that we can we can end with with that sort of speculation. So okay, you're Nintendo. What's your response? I see if a if this is successful. Mm-hmm. If it's successful, then I try to adapt this to the Nintendo Switch in any possible way I can because this makes sense logically for my unit. My other option is I don't give a shit because I'm a Nintendo. Next. Now there's not a there's not a traditional web browser. I mean, you can get on the internet on the Switch. No, right? but they, they 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 figure out how to put it on the Switch. Is my point. Yeah. But my question it, is, it, where's it, the it money? If it makes sense, you put right. it on the Switch. If it makes sense, you put it on the Switch. Okay. If not then B. You don't give a shit because you're Nintendo. Okay, give me another shot at this one. I'm starting to hone in on this. So, um, let's think about money. So, just an example. Of all the tons of video games you play, roughly what percentage Destiny in the last year, let's say? Roughly. <laughs> Very rough. I'm going to count... Do you want me to count last year as 2018 as a whole or from last year today? Just over the last year or two, you know, you know, like... You know, steadily Destiny diet. Roughly what percentage? I'm not asking for hours, just percentage. It depends. It, 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 More it than fifty percent, less than fifty percent. It varies. At sometimes it's a hundred percent. At sometimes right. it's sixty. At sometimes it's thirty-five. At oh, sometimes so I'm asking it's you to zero. average it essentially, but yeah, okay. I, I can't. I can't average it on a. I can average it. Uh, let me it, frame it, it really this depends. way. I will, I'll put it. I'll, I got. It, I got. It, I got. It. Since the launch, I think of you know what I'm trying to ask you, but yeah. Let me. Since the launch of Forsaken, I'd say it takes up 50 to 70% of my time. So last September. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Which you could say, oh, a lot of good okay, games released in that time. A let's lot of good games released in that time. So that's a good... Let's, let's stick with that. So for that period, 70%, great. So during that same period, what percentage of the money that you spent on all video and computer products went to Destiny? Rough, again, super rough percentage of money spent. Excluding microtransactions, seventy dollars. So almost nothing is what you're saying. Almost nothing at dollars per hour. Yes. Yeah. So we look at Destiny as, to me, one of the most successful and least threatening live services at the moment uh, for me. Um, even though that definition of what life service means keeps expanding, contracting, expanding, contracting, whatever. But you pay a certain amount of money for Destiny. $70 for the amount of hours is insanely pennies, as we've talked about, pennies on the day, essentially. Um, it's an extremely good and deal. You can, and you can compare that price as well right. to games like Borderlands 2 that I've played. Oh, can I, can I just Divi- my argument? Division 1. My argument? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. I, I, I just wanted to expand your point. Yeah. I just to well, and so in our last podcast, or two podcasts ago, we talked about how... One of the many impressive things about Destiny's accomplishments is that it openly charges you full price plus more when you can theoretically play first-person shooters for free, but those are battle royales and not, you know, the fraction of amount of depth and world building and quality and blah, 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 blah. So everyone from Jason Schreier to you to me shells out money to play Destiny, and it's sort of like being part of a club, right? And I don't think that that club, uh, the human desire to belong to a club and willing to actually pay money to invest in something they love, especially if it's not a ton of money, like less than $100 a year or $100 a year, to me, Destiny would seem not to need this service whatsoever. And people would be happy to keep paying an independent company like Bungie $100 a year to get everything they love with the game that they love, right? Or am I missing something in the equation here? It just depends on the gamer, and it it depends on it, it depends on a ton of variables. From Jim Sterling's perspective, that that's all bullshit. The fact that I have to spend one hundred forty dollars over sixty dollar bar to get the full price, what he would consider the full price of content, and to stop quote unquote extorting me for my money because I want to keep playing more instead of just making a sequel to the game or how this is additional story content that should have been in the game in the first place or something along those lines. And for many people, for many gamers, that's the case, right? For many people, for many gamers specifically, they don't want to be spending more than $60 per game at all. And since any DLC or microtransactions basically throws that out the window, mm-hmm. it, it and for a lot of people who might paychecks are few and far between and the amount of games i buy is two to three a year and so dlc also throws that out the window mm-hmm. like it, it 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 the 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 monetary commitment to destiny is one of the reasons that it is let's put, let's dif- put, difficult let's and, and in gaming in general and in gaming mm-hmm. in general that's that that's part of the issue and that's why the live service model has been right uh, attacked for what it is trying to become mm-hmm. and what the industry is trying to make it. It's mm-hmm. so. Can, can I use my own example of getting into Destiny as a way of 
analyzing p- pros and cons here. Sure. Um, because, um, again, you know, Destiny went from being under Activision, so a live service being paid to Activision for the services of Bungie. Now it goes directly to Bungie. And I do think people like supporting independent Shoot. companies. Sure, Shoot it, Will. Um, and I still think people really like supporting independent companies, even if they're big and corporate like Bungie. Um, and that would be an appeal to keep it, you know. Now, <laughs> let's be honest. The fact that Destiny does not have devoted servers is an obvious reason they would want to get on the Google bandwidth. And I think the Google bandwidth is going to be the thing that's going to keep everyone in line, even Sony, right? I mean, even Sony is going to want a piece of the Google fiber optic network. If I have to break it down, I wish it had taken me an hour to come to this thought, but that's essentially, this is their way of saying, we have a lot of fiber optics coming and you need it. And here's what it's going to look like is what I'm hearing. Um, thoughts. I think that. Cause they have to help provide the, I'm, you know, the way Facebook lays lines and Google lays lines. Google has to lay a lot of lines to ensure that, you know, hundred million people can have access to this or whatever. I think, I, th- I think this is the part. I think while that is probably going off somewhere in the background of corporate heads, mm-hmm. right? I think on the forefront, this is what people are looking at. I think what people are looking at is this is Google, whether they fully intend this to work at launch or not, which I really hate when people do, or corporations specifically release something and then say, oh, yeah, uh, whoops, we'll fix it. Like, yeah, like I really Yeah, Sony and Nintendo you, don't do that. It's, that's listen, Microsoft listen, and Google. Listen, Act, Activision's fully culprit of that. EA is fully culprit to that. Ubisoft is fully culprit to that. Bethesda is fully culprit to that. Like, like so many, so many corporations that we know and love IPs from or or products from, all do this, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Whether whether this is the way it's going to work or not, mm-hmm. at some point, this is going to be something that that, or at least I hope will be available to us in full depth and full availability. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine Mm -hmm. that Sony is looking at this. Microsoft is looking at this. Everybody is looking at this, especially if their game suits the bill like destiny Mm -hmm. and saying, Hmm, that's something interesting. We should look into that. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking about it. This certainly has turned everyone's heads. There is no doubt that everyone has looked at this and said, yeah, that's interesting. The mm-hmm. internet collectively has said, that's neat. This is pretty neat. I don't th- – we don't know if it's going to work. Like, go- like Google Glasses. We should all be wearing Google ex- Glasses by now, right? <laughs> who are experts know that this probably is not going to work. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying the people I trust who know the, way more about tech and who are involved in, in, than me, again, are not saying it won't work or it'll never work or even this particular design won't work, but it's not anytime soon. And so people should be interested and follow it. But like everything Elon Musk does, you got to give it years to, to breathe before it actually happens. What is more likely to happen? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other thing <clears throat> you've done with this whole thing. Yes, sir is not only have they hired the old head of Xbox uh, the, of Xbox to help like design this whole thing, mm-hmm. and I hate this guy, 
because he basically did all the shitty shit that happened with the Xbox One, at least as far as I'm aware. I hate the um, shitty shit. Yeah. Um, but he also, like, they, 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 they've basically launched a gaming platform that is besides the streaming service with this. Right. And so what I think is going to happen is they're going to launch this thing. And their keynote was, guys, look at this great streaming service. But what's going to happen is they're going to launch it it's not going to work very well, mm-hmm. and then they're going to say, hey, look at all the other things we launched with it. Pay attention to those, and most of those things are on the YouTube creator end. Yeah. Which, listen, they're neat. They're great things, mm-hmm. uh, besides the fact that Google is not interested in paying their creators any money. But yeah. besides that. Can, uh, can I offer a counterexample and not have you snicker at this, or at least limit your snickering? I will do my best to respond in an organized manner. Okay. So... If you get an iPhone, right, an, an Apple account, you immediately get 50 gigabytes of iCloud space, which you can use for anything on any of your systems, and for most people, holds everything, including their photos. I upgrade it because I conglomerate my sister's kids' photos for, like, the entire family and all the videos, so we all chip in a couple bucks to get, like, a terabyte, but it's essentially the same thing, right? So, okay, fine. You get some services, you know, some people like the Apple services and don't. You don't have to get it. It's fine. You get that. Now, Apple's unveiling Apple TV. And guess what? If you just have an Apple ID, you have access to Apple TV. That's 100 million Americans immediately who are going to be watching their television show. That's immediately above HBO, Netflix, and Amazon combined. I'm not saying they will, but it's free and it's instantaneous, and it comes with the iPhone or the iPad or the Mac. To me, that's a much better delivery system. I don't know how they're going to monetize it ultimately, but Apple, Ethan, you and I can agree, if, if it can be monetized, Apple will figure out a way to monetize it for better or worse. Um, but they have already signed such actresses as Haley Steinfeld and other Academy Award winning actors and actresses to like long-term serious shows that are being produced now that are going to be released later this year. And if you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can watch it on Apple TV. Um, that seems like a great delivery system how do you see the google delivery system in comparison to that just because that's one that's familiar and recent do you see like a huge rollout uh, and a small buy-in um value i know you said you just need a google chrome but that's get monetized somehow are they just getting it through the traffic or through ads how do you see that part working i have no (laughs) (laughs) something i should say more often yes they they spent so long and so they spent so long building up their project and so little time talking about what they plan to do about latency mm-hmm. that it's just it, it, I'm just going to keep falling back to my response. It looks neat. It's probably not going to work. <laughs> I don't think at the it moment neat, it's probably not going to work. Yeah, I mean, they have look. not they have not guaranteed us any fucking thing mm-hmm. about how they plan to get this to work mm-hmm. for common people, mm-hmm. common people. When they have told me about how this is going to work for common people, common folks, and I see it with my own fucking eyes, mm-hmm. I will be ready to fucking buy it mm-hmm. or ready to support it. But I am not there yet. Listen, I've watched the. I was granted Destiny. I watched. I listened to. I watched. Let's listen to the entire conference. Mm -hmm. It looks neat, 
it's not there yet, as far as I can tell. It's just not. The controller's cool. Mm-hmm. The idea of the controller's cool. It's it actually pretty cool because it auto-connects and it auto-reacts to whatever device you're using mm-hmm. rather than connecting the controller to the phone or whatever. I appreciate your increased skepticism here because usually you're on board with these things right away. I'm on board with stuff that makes logical sense. Like I was on board with the Nintendo Switch when it was first announced because it was Nintendo. They generally make sense. Mm-hmm. The Wii U didn't make sense because it was the Wii U. And I didn't buy the Wii U at launch. I bought the Switch at launch because I knew the Switch made sense. Anyway. Um, so, really quick. I was on board, I was on board okay. with the Xbox One X because the Xbox One X made sense. But anyway, go ahead. Um, well, you thought it made sense, but then you didn't realize what making sense meant. And then you realized making sense meant getting awesome games. And then you realized the Switch and Sony and PC have the best games and not Xbox. And so it doesn't actually make sense. I didn't buy one, though. I didn't buy one. Right. I said it so, sense, but it, yeah. it sold well. It did sell mm-hmm. well for what was expected to be sold. Okay, let's let's expand the discussion then to the people who actually matter right now. Okay, Google could get in the game. That's great. Nintendo and Sony are not worried in the meantime. I don't know what Microsoft's thinking now. I read the other day that Microsoft's announcing two new consoles coming up. Theoretically, yeah. so in theory. They're going to be unveiling supposedly a GDC coming up here soon. They're going to be unveiling the discless Xbox One version. So it'll be like an Xbox One S currently is, but it doesn't have a disc involved in it. It's only downloadable games. So, you know, (laughs) it's possible. It's possible that's the case. Um I don't I'll tell you one thing. Uh, third-party so, codes are going to get really pop. Keys are going to get really popular if you can't buy used copies of games. Well, the problem with third-party codes is that, that not a lot of them get produced outside of the ecosystems on the Xbox Store and the PlayStation Store, so they're let hard me, to come let by. Me, let, me refra- any, let me rephrase. No, I, I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, I just finish um, my thought real quick. Um, people are going to find ways around it because... Oh, of course. No one can afford to pay $60 for all their games. Like, you pay it for one or two a year, that's fine. But, like, I wait till Doom or whatever is $10, $12, and then I get it. And maybe I put a lot of hours, maybe I don't, but I don't feel guilty about it if I don't. You know what I mean? I wait for Assassin's Creed to come down to $10. I play 10 hours, 15 hours, great. Move on. Can't pay $59.99. I don't don't think I've paid full price for a video game since I got back into the PS3 in 2012 or 2013 or whenever it was. Um, uh, But... um, and I have a question about that when we end, having to do with Destiny, that I may do off mic with you, actually. Um, there's some questions about that. Um, so I, I guess I brought up Microsoft in comparison just because I can see the Sony trajectory. You know, I think the current type of PlayStation has one more generation in it before they have to really change models. Obviously, Nintendo's already swerving in new directions, so who knows where they're going, yeah, but they're I already mean, changing and, and moving, nice. which is great for them. Microsoft's the one I'm unsure about, and so I guess I was leading towards, if you've got the stability and quality of PS and Nintendo on one side, and then you've got all this craziness with Google on the other. Where is Microsoft with their services and their systems and blah, blah, blah um, in, in this whole thing? In, in your opinion, I, I'm, this one I'm really asking for you to analyze between the lines. I would, well, I'll, I'll firmly put them in a line. I put them on the line with Sony and Nintendo rather than Google. <laughs> 
Well, just because uh, of the bad sales of the Xbox and the problems with the in-house developers. The bad sales and, of the Xbox have uh, still put it firmly way ahead of Google for two reasons. One, Google's service was literally just announced today. Right. Two, when we know Microsoft is putting out products in the future. The, Google could literally fall flat on its fucking face as soon as this thing comes out and no one uses it, and then all of a sudden it gets canceled. Right. right? Microsoft is Microsoft with the Xbox brand is not going anywhere anytime soon. Can I especially focus? after all of the discussion we just had with mm-hmm. Xbox Live going to every platform? Give me another shot. Be more specific. Sure. Um, I agree that they're in sort of in kind way more similar to Nintendo and Sony. What I'm asking though is Microsoft is you know, being forced or feels like it's being forced to experiment with different things involving services and consoles and some buying and some renting, right? They're just experimenting with stuff. Sony's not experimenting with anything that we're aware of. The Switch was an experimentation and they're going to ride it as long as possible, right? So there's a, there is a steadiness to Sony and Nintendo, assume they don't fuck up. Microsoft is in a bit of flux, which can be good. I'm just curious, you know, does this well, affect would, Microsoft's I, experimentations going into the future? I guess would be I, my question. I mean, with the exception, I, I, I think it. I think it holds the same regards to their Project Extreme service. But as we found out, that was all planning to be merged with Xbox Live anyway. I think. The, I think the only thing this affects is how and how available Google plan or not Google Xbox plans to involve Xbox Live on the other systems. Mm-hmm. For example, let's say this Google thing does work out. It's mm-hmm. not. Well, let's say it does. This is where Microsoft comes in and says, we would like to put our exclusive games mm-hmm. to be played through the Google service. And we will play, pay you a royalty to put ourselves on the system so long as we can sell our product through mm-hmm. yours. That's in theory how this would work out mm-hmm. with that. If it doesn't, Google, Xbox just does the same thing anyway. But they just don't pay Google anything. Mm-hmm. But it... it, it, it it, here's the here's the thing about this surface with X, with Xbox, right? Xbox is experimenting because they have to, not because they want to. If Sony was in the same position, or if Sony was if Sony and Xbox were switch reverses, right? Sony would be doing the same thing. Let's not get this twisted. So that's not the question, it, though. The, I, I'm, answering, the, I'm answering the question, though. Right. Well, but my answer. main question was. Yes or no, does this announcement slash development at all affect whatever Microsoft is doing up in the background, or are they still mostly looking at Sony and Nintendo as their competitors? No. No one's looking at Google as okay. competitor right now. Because okay. Google hasn't shown anything to be their competitor. Okay. Um, no, that, that, that's, why, that's why I put Xbox with over with uh, Nintendo and Sony, because mm-hmm. they're not competing with Google at all. Right. Okay. Um, I have a couple more uh, quick related hits. Um, I don't know if you have any more news you want to end on. Um, you can think about that. Um, I have a couple more questions, though. Um, I was reading that PlayStation Sony is making a has made a huge push this year in Europe. Um, they just added seven more European countries, up to 19 uh, for, for Sony streaming. And... Uh, Man, dude, even before the expansion, PlayStation now 52%, Xbox 15%. I mean, that's ugly, sure. and it's getting worse because they're going to be in all of Europe. Um, and they're seeing- That's fine because the, the Xbox wasn't... 
Xbox wasn't even close to being important in Europe anyway. Like, it just wasn't. It just never was. I'm just saying was. the pressure. Keeps... I actually found this out the other day. Mm-hmm. Xbox is actually apparently a really big thing in Canada, which is interesting to me. Um, well, maybe they're still watching. They still need a 4K Blu-ray player, <laughs> which is apparently what most people use their Xbox for. Um, it's a Blu-ray player. <clears throat> yeah, seriously. Um, so, uh, Samsung stopped making them. Yeah. In, or no, Sony. Sorry, sorry, Sony stopped making them in the U.S. They stopped mm-hmm. producing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um, so I have one final piece of news where you get to brag about a prediction that finally I got wrong and you got right. It's usually not the case on this podcast. Um, but this one you nailed and I, I was way off on and that's the halo situation. Um, Aha. yep. Um, I, I know my mistakes. I, I can't, I can't brag like an idiot about my right predictions. I don't take the fall for my bad ones. I mean, it's just irresponsible. Again, my problem. I'm too honest. I should shut my mouth you know, more often. Um, Ethan's going, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. 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 That's what I've been thinking. Um, so before Master Chief Collection and uh, Alana Pierce's digital orgasm over it, um, what uh, do you have anything else for me? I'm going to ask you the Destiny stuff off mic, off uh, recording. No, I don't have. I don't have. I don't okay. think I have anything. I'm, I'm just. I'm just waiting on Xbox announcement at GCC. I'm waiting on Borderlands announcement at GDC. Mm-hmm. I I severely hope that uh, they fucking say, oh, by the way, Borderlands Three is out right now, mm-hmm. or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be nice. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> Halo Master Chief Collection. Um, I think it's, you know how we talk about, like, even though there has been a lot of really good and some great games this generation, it, it's clearly uh, a evolutionary step from the last generation, not a revolutionary step in terms of graphics and gameplay and so forth. Um, so remasters have been ginormous, right? Because... Mm-hmm. If the remaster's done right, like The Last of Us, then a late-generation PS3 game that needs more hardware power gets it, and it's actually a playable, awesome game, and not just a great story, which is the case with the remastered Last of Us. That's just one example. I'm sure you have uh, remasters as well that you're just like, wow, this is so much better than I thought it could be, or, or you know, brings it back to life or whatever. You can share those if you want. My point being... I am not going – I was wrong on how excited people would be about this, and so I'm not going to shit on this seeming like a glorified remaster. So if that's all it is, I still think this is a big deal based on reaction. So your reaction to the Master Chief Collection, does this mean for sure Halo is back in action or this is this a holding action to re-release, let's be honest, amazing games that will still look great? Um, depending on the remaster uh, job, um, like what do you see, do you see? Let me let me phrase it this way: Is this the first uh, in a, a first volley in an attack of Halo coming back as like the major Call of Duty uh, uh, competitor, um, or is this just like awesome nostalgia that's going to sell a ton of copies or something else? If if Phil Spencer is smart, it is yes. Um, won't to, require to, 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 to the first to the first to the first uh, point. Uh, I mean, it, it, either way, Microsoft wins on this one because they're mm-hmm. going to make a ton of money, even if even if it isn't uh, just a preemptive attack on. Hey, we're going to do everything this year to screw over Sony that we can to try to get market share back. Um, but it, like, like 
without talking about corporate greed for a second, um, like this is just something that every like most first person shooter gamers like can just agree on, which is Halo is a great game and we would love to play it on PC. And the last Halo that was on PC was Halo Two, um, and like everybody, everybody just wants every every first person shooter player just wants these games. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're releasing them finally is great because uh, I, I ten years no crossplay. By the way, I, you're bearing the lead here. Uh, is that they're restricting crossplay? They're restricting crossplay between Xbox and PC. Is that confirmed? Yep. Not part of the Xbox Play Anywhere program. Interesting. I think that'll come down at some point. Um, well, so- Sony eventually gave in to the, the the inevitability of it, so Microsoft right, will too. Right. I think I, I probably what's going to be the case They is- want to sell two copies to everyone first, and then they'll relax their thing. It's that. It's also probably because Halo 5 isn't on PC, Mm-hmm. And they don't want to split the community. They don't want people to not buy Halo Five and then play the other games and right. play with their friends on PC. And then yeah, they just don't. They, they don't want. They don't Here's want. Here's a problem. Lose sales. Here's um, a problem. Not doing crossplay is a much bigger deal for Microsoft astronomically than Sony for so many reasons. They have much smaller market share, so they need crossplay for that reason. And they're the PC people. Hold on. And they're the PC people who are also the Xbox people. Like, gotta have crossplay. Sony has 60% of the market. We don't need crossplay. I'm happy to play Destiny against other Sony people all day because you know what? There's like 100 million of us out there. Um, Here's, Here's the major difference, though. One... I'm sure the framework isn't there since they're older games and it wasn't built into the games. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Microsoft a little bit of a pass here for now. Okay. Let me let, let me explain. Read why. the Kotaku article from yesterday. You can decode it better than me. Sure, but I'm gonna get, I'm just be personally just from listening to what you say. Hear that? Just hearing that from you. I'm gonna give them a pass for a couple reasons. One, unlike Fortnite. The universal experience is not is not there, right? It's it's not meant to be a game that was fully accessible from all from all sides of the masses. It's an older game that's getting remastered, and I'm Ooh, sure they bucks. do. So if um so part part of part of the situation with the PC Master Chief Collection is they're releasing one game at a time. As part, once you buy it, you have the whole thing. But they're going to be releasing one right. game at a time right. to make sure that you get a product, so give it to people sooner, but not to the fact that the game is broken and you get a broken game. Can, can I tell you something real quick? Go ahead. I think Microsoft is really annoyed that they are being forced to sell this for half price. I, I mean, in an ideal world, Microsoft would sell this for $59.99. You've got to be kidding me. Sony would never sell this for $29.83 on Amazon. Uh, it's a real kick in the balls, but they don't have a choice. they got to sell a ton of copies. They don't have a lot going on with software it's how, right It's now. how much it costs on Xbox. It's how much it costs on Xbox. Yeah, it's 30 bucks. Yeah, that's how. That's what... That, <clears throat> That's why they're selling for thirty bucks, I think. No, no, but what it I'm is, saying, what I'm saying is the amount of remastering they're doing, um, which I think is quite extensive. Well, hold on. Is that a, go, go, go ahead, go ahead. What I'm saying is Sony, because of their dominance, can afford to charge full price even for half baked remasters. 
Like, not all the Sony remasters are as good as Last of Us. And yes, if you wait, you get it much cheaper, but most of them still come out at $59.99 or $49.99 if you're lucky, right? And this Nintendo, maybe $39.99, something like that. So $29.99 for the Halo Master Chief Collection, which supposedly everyone and their mother wants, but no one has Xboxes. I'm telling you, Microsoft would, in an ideal world, have thought to charge maybe $49.99 for this game. $29.99 is, is low ball for a, a package of this quality. I'm praising the game, but I'm being realistic in terms of them being annoyed at their business situation. At the moment, it's temporary. This is for the Xbox edition. This is for the Xbox one. Yeah, Yeah, $29.83 on Amazon right now. Well, that's because it was released four years ago. What are you talking about? Master Chief Collection on Xbox was released four years ago. Oh, this is just for the computer? Master Chief Collection is just for the PC version. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, I won't cut this either. That's we don't, hilarious. We, we don't. We, we don't. We don't. We don't know the PC pricing because it doesn't say it yet. I was like, "What are they?" What are oh, they you're right. It's it's my uh, fucked up link. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and and so it's actually to comment on that. I Although they should I charge thirty nine ninety nine, that would be a smart business move. To, even though Maybe, I fucked yeah. up, that would be a smart move. Maybe yeah. Suppose I don't. I I heard this somewhere. I don't know if it's true or not. But supposedly the multiplayer is going to be free. Which would be even more of a slap in the face. Mm. So, so because th- that's what most FPS players want it for, not the story. I want it for the story because that's so, who I am. Okay, so explain to me the difference between limited crossplay, but then it says Steam gamers don't need Xbox Live Gold. So what does that mean? Xbox Live Gold is their PS Plus. It's the same thing. It's it's literally the same thing. Ten dollars so, a month. So two games every month. They won't even let you pay for it to have crossplay. That's great. The, the, no crossplay. We won't even let you pay us more money to have crossplay. That's, <laughs> that's probably the reason. That's probably the reason. It's because everyone would get upset yeah. if they made them charge ten bucks a month yep. and the other players did. That's probably why. Yeah, and look, I agree with you. They'll realize that, and that's why I said from the beginning with Sony, I agreed with you that Sony was stupid for waiting on crossplay. If you listen to the podcast, I agreed with you, and I said they would eventually give in, and they did or they're starting to at least it's just a dumb business decision to not do it whether you're the dominant player or or the temporarily not dominant player right it's it's a bad business decision either way um for now and and so and so part of it part of it is is just this is an old game and Mm -hmm. i'm sure they don't want to add new net code to a game Mm -hmm. to slow down its remaster progress that's probably part of it that's why i'm giving them a pass but uh, what are the chances you'll take any time out of Destiny to play this game? When Destiny has a content drop, so uh, right. all of the when I, right. I play through all the story, or just play, or just get bored of Destiny sometimes every day, and I want to yeah. play something different. Yeah, totally. That's why I got Doom. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was like, I need a first-person shooter. I'm not paying a thousand dollars for a crappy remaster plus, of Call of Duty. Plus, it's really, it's really um, refreshing. But you're playing a grindy slugfest looter shooter. Yes. To go in and play a different shooter with yeah. different mechanics, movement mm-hmm. mechanics, especially, especially with like Doom, because it's mm-hmm. just a totally like. At first, you're like, "Why can't I reload?" And then yeah. you're like, "Wait, I don't need to reload." Totally. I wish. I really wish they they would port uh, do just remasters or even just ports. Um, upscaled ports of like Resistance and Dead Space and those like horror first person shooter games the are problem- amazing. The problem is they're just so expensive. For and they don't sell enough guaranteed. copies. Yeah. See, see, here's here's the here's the nice thing about Master Chief Collection. Yeah. 
all for PC remastered. It's just going to be a success. They don't need to do it. It just will be a success. I guarantee it. Like, like there's just there's nothing. Like, that's why they've been holding on to this for so long. It's because they know it's a success mm-hmm. as soon as they put it out. They right. Like, like the problem with things like Dead Space or uh, what was the other one you mentioned? Um, uh, um, Resistance. Resistance. See, the problem with those games is that there's not going to be enough people who will buy them. Dead Space was pretty big. Resistance was not. Resistance was like Crisis. It was sort of a niche game. If they had thought it was going to make money, they would have reused assets. Trust me. The way the industry is right now, if they could reuse assets, they absolutely will. Absolutely will. But Dead Space also had studio issues. Yeah, it's EA. I mean, you know, it's like... Especially EA. If they could reuse assets, they will. If EA will, hasn't look used at, your look assets, at Conquer. look at Command and Conquer. If EA hasn't used your assets in a couple of years, you might as well be dead. And if you get resurrected, it's a miracle, and you have zero control over it. So you might as well start want, applying to jobs on, elsewhere. They don't want to spend money on developers. They will at some point, just not right now. Yeah, you can get Dead Space on Origin for four ninety nine. FYI, to you guys out there who are like horror there you games. go, Re- there yeah. you go. Re- they're just reused assets. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Um, cool man so i think that's all i got um i thought you'd be happy i'd admit your your win on the halo call because you did call that um well I, th- I thought it was great i thought it was great because we did the podcast and then it came out and came out like right away oh yeah like you you were you were immediately like oh my god a lot of peers said this so at that, at that point i knew i had won so well because matter. she like like text orgasms over these things online and i'm just like normally i'm on board with the, the one she does and i saw this i was like huh okay and then I did the just a general you, Twitter search, have you ever, and there's have like you ever everyone's twi- Twitter. Yeah, I like Halo. Have you ever played a Halo game? Mm-hmm. I like Halo. Interesting. I like Halo. I thought I, I'm, I'm more here's the thing about me, man. My first person shooters, I don't need a lot of substance in terms of story and stuff like that. Third person shooters, I need that. Um, yeah. I, I need more depth with the third person stuff, which why I never really got into gears because I found that was a little superficial. But for Halo, sure, I'm in. Yeah, totally. See, here's the thing about Halo, right? And th- this is why it leads creates this. And it's mainstream, by the way. Success. Everyone can play Halo. Yeah, it's mainstream. But it's also the original space opera for video games before Mass Effect was. So. Uh, Doom technically would be that, but that's okay. <laughs> but Doom was a okay console. It yeah, Halo no, no. was the first one for console, really. Yeah, Doom was a PC revolution, which is amazing. For all our like, talks about the Masters of Doom and stuff, we've never made that connection. We, you know, always talk about how you know the the PC master race when it came to shooters in the '90s. But yes, you are right. Uh, the the yeah. one that made the jump was Microsoft with Halo, absolutely. Well, Bungie and then Microsoft, but yeah. Um, but anyway, um, let's not let's argue semantics. Um, what's it called? What was that thing I was going to mention? Um. Oh, I totally lost it. Uh, okay. Well, um, I am just going to glance on my notes here super quick, but I don't think I have anything major. I think St- Stadia or Stadia is a bad name. It's already hard to pronounce. It's like a foreign name. Americans are going to hate that. If you, had, if you had watched the trailer like I did, it would make sense because mm-hmm. they did this whole thing where they were like, since the beginning of time, people have flocked right. to places to play games. And then they lead this whole thing to like a stadium. That's why they call it Stadia. So I was like, oh, I get it. I already hate it. I want to mm-hmm. call it Stacy instead. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cool, man. Well, I have some off my questions for you about Destiny, and then I think we should just do a, like a Destiny lore podcast like we did with Dead Souls back in the day. That would be oh fun. Oh, my God. It's going to take so long. <laughs> well, it'd be good for me because I could just get it from you rather than like annoying people you, on YouTube. I sent you that video. I sent you that video. I know, but I like it from you, Ethan. But he's way more accurate, and he has a British voice. I like it from you. He has a British voice. Not in a weird way, but I like hearing it from you. There's really nothing else going on besides Apex Legends, by the way. That I can, that I can yeah, tell. Apex Legends dropped its battle pass and probably will be multiplayer game of the year, yeah. Well, it may be multiplayer game of the year, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a bet. I will each year feel more confident now that we've been doing this. Like, what, are we into our third year now, or like two and a half years we've been doing this? Each year, I feel more confident that while it might not win multiplayer game of the year, the one I'm betting on to for sure be still around next year is Destiny and not Apex Legends for so many reasons. Maybe Apex Legends will be around next year, but five years from now, uh, I know where I'm putting my money. I'm putting my money on Bungie. Absolutely. Oh, oh that was it. Uh, did you hear the Phillies story? This is actually related to gaming. This is funny. Oh, this will be a great way to end. Phillies, video gaming, go. Yeah, so the Phillies baseball team, uh, we're both here in Philly, if for those who don't know. Um, yeah, so, so fuck you. No, uh, like, we're really yeah, nice people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck you. I'm going to put your horse in your name. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, but um, so the Phillies, the baseball team here in Philly, um, supposedly right. this story came out last year. Mm-hmm. Someone in the Phillies uh, Diamond uh, Club, which is the like the yeah. players club lounge mm-hmm. in the stadium, uh, was playing Fortnite on a device. And another player came in, saw that they weren't practicing, and used their baseball bat to smash the device. It was, it's pretty funny. That's a Bryce Harper move, actually, but only if they're on a losing streak. It wasn't, it wasn't Bryce Harper, but... No, um, I know it wasn't, because he wasn't on the team. But what I'm saying is, if we're on a 12-game losing streak and like a, a bench player tried to pull that, I could see Bryce Harper losing his shit. Uh, oh, yeah. But that's what you're supposed to do when you're the leader of the fucking team is get on everyone's asses. Because let's be honest, baseball is a thousand games over a million years per season. So it's hard. Like, that's exactly why you need Bryce Harper is to be the guy who keeps other people's heads in the game. Because he he's like Shane Victorino, dude. Like every game he's at a thousand percent, you know, like he's he's like ready to take down. You know, he wants to go 162 and now and that's that's the guy you want. Um, But that's that's funny. That's a funny story but it's also funny that it made me think of that being a bryce harper move like immediately you know uh, i didn't consider that oh very man excited what is it 10 days now or something like that yeah and he's very traditional he's a mormon he's from the middle of the country like people playing ipad games in the dugout i don't think he'll stand for that which is good no no i think that person's gone too so it doesn't matter awesome. anyway Awesome, it, it's, fu- it's a funny story that uh, a baseball mm-hmm. player was mm-hmm. playing fortnite and that another baseball player literally broke their voice with a bad baseball mm-hmm. bat so well, I, it was great talking Captain Marvel, and while well, it took us quite a while to connect on the Google subject, I'm blaming this completely on Google for the, all the reasons that you enumerated about how confused everyone is about so much of this, and so it confused us to talking about it, you know? It's like, you can't have a logical conversation if all of your precepts are absurd, right? Sure, yeah, I mean... Listen, this service is not targeted at me mostly. It's targeted at other people. So just because yeah. I understand it doesn't mean jack shit. Yeah. Oh, well, we're bearing the lead on a major thing, and then I'll give you a final thought, which is 
Google Chrome needs to take like a 20-year jump in advancement <laughs> across the board. <laughs> they just need to put out Google Chrome Lite that doesn't have all the other bullshit. just acts like fire. That's called Opera, and, and that's all I use. Opera on the Mac is it's totally right. stripped so, down. So put Chrome. out Google Chrome Lite, mm-hmm. and then you have fucking Opera, and then you don't have people who leave your platform. I'm a fucking mm-hmm. marketing genius. Come on now, guys. Yeah. Like, Anyway. It's cool. Uh, I mean, it's gotten to the point. Last piece of news. I do, I do a piece right. of news. Um, I was just going to add real quick before, before, hold on, yeah, before yeah. your last piece of news. I was just going to say, Opera's gotten to the point where like 80% of websites, like even advanced websites, cannot tell the difference between this browser and Chrome in terms of, you know, running video or security things or whatever. Um, and, but it has none of the plugin crap and all that bullshit. It, it's, it, you can see it in the CPU drainage. It's like a quarter of the, C- it runs like Safari more than Chrome on, on, on I don't know how Opera runs uh, on, uh, and the other uh, Chrome alternatives run. Uh, and that would be interesting to follow as well, man, is there have been Chrome alternatives forever, but something this valuable, we'll probably start seeing more Operas out there potentially, right? Who are built specifically to run the game. So that'll be interesting. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so your final story. All I know is Microsoft gave up on Internet Explorer and is making a new Internet Explorer using the Chrome. Chrome. Oh, you mean Edge? Edge was so great. (laughs) Edge, Edge, they're literally remaking Edge so it runs on Google Chrome, but it's Microsoft branded. I'm not kidding. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, last piece of news. Division 2, it's actually good. (laughs) This is... Which is great to hear because Destiny also confirmed really needed some competition. By Trier, Maddie, one of the Kotaku people I read, said almost yep. that exact same thing. Yeah. Yep. It's it is to date probably the best triple A. I heard it's very Trumpy. Looter, I heard it's super looter. Trumpy. It's super. Uh, it's super like Im- like nameless dark immigrants are the bad guys and the white American g- are the good guys and so forth. And it's very like nationalistic probably, and patriotic because it's Tom Clancy and he's oh a giant Republican. He's a giant Republican. Let me finish. I can tell you exactly what you're looking for. Yes, it's Tom Clancy, but it doesn't have a lot to do with most of his ideals. What it does have to do with, which is the underlying base story, which was one of their trailers which basically said that when the green flu came out, which is the premise of the game where someone makes a modern-day Black Plague and shuts down the American, or basically the world, um, and America collapses, it basically goes off and says, oh yeah, when the collapse happened... Wow, never heard that zombie plot line before. (laughs) The people... It's not a zombie game. It's the same thing. When the collapse happened... The people with guns were the ones who lived. Yeah. Here's my counterpoint that's to that the, argument. That, that's the political. I, let's, let's not do that, please. Well, my counterpoint is is simply that a liberals live in large cities where it's also it's communal already. Uh, so that's a natural advantage. But B, we're smarter and have better education. So we're going to balance out the lack of guns with our brains. That that has or, to be the answer. Fo- or and follow me on this. It was written by Tom Clancy. Anyway, um, but anyway, so it's probably the best launched AAA looter shooter game, AAA. Today, which is which is great. No, but like, like that that's a great thing because that means Warframe needs to step up its game. No, I just have to that say means it. Destiny needs to step up its game. That means when it gets on board, Anthem needs to step on its game. That means whatever else in the future needs to step up. Its, that 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 that's good. It's competition, mm-hmm. um, which Destiny has not had at mm-hmm. all. 
with the exception of Warframe, but I don't count Warframe because it's free to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so great, good, and uh, someday I will probably buy it and play it when I have money to spend. So that's good. It's great. It's a great looter shooter. Check out some streams. It's pretty fun. It looks nice. If you like Diablo, you'll like Division. Yeah. I'm kind of mad I can't play Halo. I guess I can. The PC should be able to run some of that. You can when Google Stadia comes out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, 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 the, but, the, but my, my PC should be able to run it, right? I mean. Yeah, it'll run it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a remaster of a super old game. You'll be able to run it in 4K60. I don't have anything to run on 4K60 with, so you can still you can still render it in 4K60, and it'll still look better than it would in 1440p. Yeah, it doesn't matter, like, man. I'm happy with 4K, 4K 30 lock. For example, for example, that's actually one of the selling points of the PS4 Pro and the Xbox mm-hmm. S and X is even if you don't, even if you're not running 1440p or 4K. You're at least rendering it in those two mm-hmm. uh, pixels counts, so when it displays, it will actually look crisper than it should. Mm-hmm. Not by a lot, but it will look crisper. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it comes to looter shooter, division is a perfect counterpoint um, of not interest to me because the Tom Clancy secret agent DC terrorist thing. I want single player old school call of duty style stuff, not a looter shooter with terrorists. That's so dumb. Destiny. When you're flying around the galaxy, that makes way more sense with the solar system is much more fun. Borderlands much more fun. This, this is like, you know, it it doesn't even make sense to be like working for the government and doing a looter shooter. Like, come on, come on people. I guess they can't make Splinter Cell or all those great Tom Clancy games they used to make that sold a lot of copies and were extremely highly rated. You know, why why bother with Six single Siege player? Six Siege is doing pretty well. Six Siege is doing pretty well. Yeah. Well, I will continue to beat the drum for a full-on multiplayer efforts like Destiny and full-on single-player efforts like The Last of Us, but whatever. That's not single-player experience. I didn't say it was. I said no, no. I said straight on multiplayer experiences like Destiny or single player experiences like The Last of Us. That's exactly what I said. Somehow I caught up that you meant single player with Destiny. Well, you expect know. me to be dumb and and you know say stupid things. No, all no, the time, I, so. I, 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 no, I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> I, I must have missed the word you said. That's all. Um. So uh, the currently. IGN says eight and a half, but it's ongoing review. They said 60 hours of play, pretty good. Then it gets kind of boring. That's what they say, basically. Yeah, so the story of every looter shooter. Got it. Right, but without the benefit of five years of Destiny community building up. No, it actually, no, I mean. Oh, do you think people go straight from from one to two? So with Division 1.8, the massive the the, mm-hmm. the update massive release it's literally just a carbon copy print of division one just mm-hmm. with a new city new missions new gear to chase and all that mm-hmm. so it, it is it, it feels like an actual sequel to the to like their game it's just the system that the community wanted and agreed upon mm-hmm. was what was put into mm-hmm. and that's why everybody loves it it's because it was it was it sold exactly as it was meant to be okay unlike destiny mm-hmm. where they had a system in place 
that people loved and enjoyed and said were people most people right. agreed upon was good and right. then they totally changed it. Right. And then they spent a year trying to revert like so that's why it's the best launch looter shooter to date, because it it is pushing forward progress unlike what Destiny, what Anthem feels like it's doing. What and speaking of which, no just so I can get some final catharsis, um, I don't know if you have any one or any ones you want to rip to end this podcast, so I'll, I'll do one. I would love to rip and ask the ask new asshole for the video game public for making Anthem the best-selling game of February 2019. Well done, idiots of America. Uh, even though even a casual glance at the internet would tell you this game is crap, it nevertheless is Bioware's second best launch ever after Mass Effect 3 in 2012. So, well done, idiot video game buying public of America. Nice job. What happens? Keep re- Let's keep rewarding EA for shit. Let me, let, let me ask you this question, Jesse. What if Don't. they No Man's Sky it? Not not like the game, like they fix it. So you do what I did, and you wait until it gets No Man's Sky, and then you pay nineteen ninety nine to get everything, including the much better version with all the add-ons. <laughs> That's what you do. You don't buy it opening month. Like, I mean, this happened with fucking Fallout 76 a few months ago, and people should get a Darwin Award for that as well, idiots. I mean, at least with Bethesda, you're thinking, okay, Skyrim, Fallout, it's got to be decent, right? I can almost justify that. for the, People did the same thing with Bioware. It's Bioware. No Bioware products but bad, except for Andromeda, but you know. That doesn't count. That's B team. That's that's C team work. That's not real that's not the real Bioware. That's what everybody said. Inquisition's not good. Inquisition's pretty good. No, it's not. You have played through all of it. I played twenty hours. Not all of it. You didn't get to the point in the game where you get a fucking medieval lightsaber that makes you OP and makes the game super fun. Where you just I, kill things. I, yeah, I think the the main the bigger problem is that games that were developed at the cusp of PS3 to PS4 and the last Xbox to this Xbox are naturally shittier than naturally games that just, aren't. Just don't look at nearly. I mean, the the Tomb Raider reboot is the same way. Um, I'm sure there are other examples too. It's just the the lack of polish compared to you know Witcher. The specific it's ones not its fault. Two, it's just me. The going big ones would be Tomb Raider, Inquisition, and Destiny. Here's the other thing though: mm-hmm. Inquisition was made arguably three years older than Horizon, so hmm. that's why it looks shittier. Hmm. Inquisition was 2014, right? Yeah, it was 2014. So yeah, it was right years. at the beginning of the Switch. Yeah, of the beginning. Three years of an older graphical engine. Yeah. Probably arguably older. All right. Well, we're running over, and I have some Destiny questions for you. So let's let's wrap this up. Any final thoughts? I think I have my final thoughts with Division. You, you, so, you, 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 so it's basically just been Destiny and Civ these days? Destiny, Civ. I finished Portal. Uh, waiting on this Borderlands 3 announcement. Mm-hmm. Glad about the Master Chief announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I a lot of things point for 2019 to be the best year of the last three years, and I sincerely hope that is the case. Well, that certainly was the case at the tail end for the PS3. Um, I mean, PlayStation was pretty much dead till the last couple of years of the PS3. So, and they dropped the price and didn't charge anybody for network. 
Yeah, and Sony got lucky with a ton of 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 in-house developer products just being amazing. And Microsoft and Microsoft didn't try to pull a fast one and be greedy as fork. Right, and Microsoft also hadn't screwed up the introduction of the Xbox One at that point. <laughs> That's what I meant, but yeah. yeah. All right, Petty. Well, thanks for being on. I think if, if listeners, you come this far, you know that Ethan and I love to bicker like an old couple. That's part of our shtick. If uh, I could go back in time, I would not shoot Hitler. I would go back and shoot whoever was in charge of Microsoft at the time. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were shoot my grandparents or something. No. <laughs> I was like, that got dark really quickly. No, why would I shoot your grandparents and I can't bicker with you like this? I know, it's like the Joker. The Joker never wants to kill Batman. He like It's no fun if Batman's dead. That's the whole point. Just wants the world to burn. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for being on. Thank you, BizzleCast listeners. Join us for the next Awkward Controllers podcast. We appreciate you joining us. May the force be with you. But for now, the BizzleCast and the Awkward Controllers podcast are out.